Hi, welcome to the Ellen B. Show. I'm Ellen, your host for this great talk show that informs. I am coming to you from kzsm.org in San Mark. KZSM is true community radio. If you miss my show or any of my shows, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. Now, before I introduce my guests, who I'm looking forward to talking with... I'm going to read my disclaimer so that I don't cause any trouble for my guest, for myself, or KCSM. Okay, here goes the disclaimer. The opinions expressed on this show are those of its hosts and guests and not of the opinions of KZSM or its governing body, SMTXCRA. All right, so now my guest for today's show is Gene Randall, station manager of KZSM. All right, Gene, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Ellen. All right, and let's get started because we've got a slew of, I've got a slew of <laughs> questions to ask you. Uh, maybe we'll stay on the topic, maybe we won't. Okay, we'll, well see. Well, let's see where we go. Okay, so as KZSM station manager, what does it entail to run a local radio station in San Marcos, Texas? And along with that, I guess, we can include how did the station start? Well, let's start with the station, how the station started. Okay, go ahead. Um, several years ago, and five, six, seven, eight, several years ago, there were two organizations in San Marcos who came up with the idea of starting a local community radio station. Well, one of the organizations was SMTXER which is San Marcos, Texas Community Radio Association. The other one was a group called San Marcos Voice. Now, back then, San Marcos Voice held a, a, uh, a low-power uh, broadcast license, and actually it was specifically a uh, license to build. So together, the, both organizations got, I mean, they planned it out and they started putting this whole thing together. And uh, actually, you know, they, they actually built the station. We have the transmitters, we have uh, antenna on the roof and the whole bit. And actually, for a short period of time, we, actually, we were transmitting a, a test, uh, a, 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 anyway, a, a test loop. Right. And uh, as it turns out, though, at some point along the way, uh, San Marcos Voice uh, changed their mind about having being part of this radio station. I mean, I don't know the particulars why they changed their mind, but since they were the holders of the license, they chose to turn it back into the FCC. So that kind of left uh, SMTXERA kind of hanging for a while. And uh, But uh, because all the planning that had been involved and all the people who were still uh, enthusiastic about getting this done, they chose to just go ahead and, and uh, live stream on the Internet. And that's oh, what we've been okay. doing so far. I mean, right now we've been on the air about a year and a half. Well, just a little over a year and a half. We had our first uh, broadcast day was January 2nd of last year, 2017. And uh, we've been broadcasting testing continuously with with few minor interruptions <laughs> ever i mean Technical issues you know, being what they are. Uh, we've been broadcasting for a year and a half, and uh, you know we're we're we've been in the process of negotiating uh, for a broad low broad, low power broadcast license. The, the hard thing about that is the FCC only issues those periodically, and they're very difficult to come by because historically some of the larger broadcast corporations have been buying up band frequencies, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and it just so FCC in order to control that just kind of rations these low-power license bandwidths out, you know, and they only issue them periodically. So, like I said, right now we're kind of in a holding pattern, but in the meantime, we're still broadcasting some of the best community radio stuff that's anywhere. I mean, and what does it take to run a radio station? Yes. Well, it's kind of interesting because... 
Well, I started out as a, as a DJ, just a regular DJ, not not have actually having real radio experience. I mean, I did a broadcast ex- had broadcast experience uh, when I was in the Navy. I had uh, a couple of news programs and and that kind of thing. I did training films, and uh, but that was just kind of collateral to what I was doing. And uh, when I started, I was asked to do this uh, Indigenous program because I also am a part of the Indigenous Cultures Institute here in San Marcos. And my director, Dr. Mario Garza, who had been offered airtime as the station was being put together, asked if I would be interested in doing a radio program. So I started with a one-hour program. Yeah. And we uh, went to two hours because we we're having so much fun doing this. And... Uh, after a while, uh, I discovered we were trying to put together a veterans hour, and I also happen to be a veteran. So I, you know, we had someone doing that program for a while, but they didn't stick around for very long, and so I, I volunteered to do that also. Okay. And then we didn't have a station manager for a long time, so I thought, being retired, <laughs> having all this experience, you know, leadership training and all sorts of other things that I received in the Navy. And lots of time. Well, I don't have kids with, you know, living with me. My grandkids are off living, you know, other places and I'm retired. So, I mean, I've got time. So, yes, uh, I've dedicated the rest of my life, well, at least for the time being, uh, to writing a radio station. So, what do you do? I mean, how do you... What all's involved? Yes, thank you. What is all involved? Well, first, you know, I do the HR stuff because, I mean, I talk to people. People, I recruit people. We train them. Uh, there's also uh, maintenance, computers, and technical uh, uh, equipment, which breaks down quite more often, often than I than care. You think. More often, yeah, than than I'd like to. I mean, as a matter of fact, I was in the studio last night around midnight because we were off the air. Oh, you so, were. Oh, yeah. So we basically wound up rebooting everything and bringing everything back up online. So, and a lot of it has been kind of interesting because it kind of is flying by the seat of your pants because you know. I've never had specific training, but uh, I tell people it's not rocket science, but, you know, it can be overwhelming if, if, you know, like even the computer stuff. I mean, uh, I was kind of a late bloomer when it came came to computers, although, I, you know, but it once once you get into it, it's not that difficult. Right, because I know that um, Sid and I have a show called Sid's Place on Monday and uh, from 8 to 10 and we came into the studio, right, Sid, and something didn't go right or something happened and he called you up and right well, then and you there know, you got well, him right back on. Well, it, a lot of it is what, what I tell people is trial by fire. Trial by fire. At about, uh, after about a year and a half, Knock on wood. I think I've had just about everything go possibly that could possibly go wrong, go wrong, and kind of you just kind of learn from from experience. And uh, so the technical aspect is not that complicated. Then I I, I have a tendency to be a little geekish in, in that respect. So, <laughs> so it comes. It, it's not too difficult for me. You have a learning curve. Okay, so what is KZSM's mission? Do you have a mission? Our, well, everybody has everybody a mission. Everybody has a mission. Uh, our, our mission is to enlighten, entertain, and engage. But I also like to put in there educate, which is more you know, along the lines of engaging. But like on my indigenous program, I mean, as, a, as an elder in my community, part of my responsibility, I feel, is to educate the general public as to what indigenous culture is really all about, how we've been here forever. And, right, uh, and we're going to talk. We'll talk about that, and we're going to talk about that, so save that for later. 
But uh, the mission, of course, like I said, entertain, engage, engage, and enlighten. And we do a lot of that because we have such a diverse program schedule. We we offer not just music, which is you know people are just amazed at some of the things that you know some of our DJs and radio hosts or some of the the quality of the programming that we're putting out. But we also have commentary shows. And yeah, you can tell me some of them. Well, um, like commentaries or your DJs. It's well, fun. okay, I you know we have Rainbow Flower Power Hour, which right. is an awesome show you know 60s 70s and 80s music we have uh vinyl confessions rob Rourke does vinyl confessions on monday nights and it's an all vinyl show i mean yes we still have turntables and that's right yeah you have two two turntables as a matter of fact i right. I, 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 I did i did his show uh, a couple of weeks ago he was out and uh, he asked me to sit in for him and the first time i actually did an all vinyl show I think I earned earn my earned my uh, keep my stripes as a, a bona fide DJ. That's right, disc jockey. That's right, and then Sid does his Sid's, show. Yeah, Sid's, the oldies you know, Sid's place. I love that one too. I mean, right, a lot of I people do, do too. too. And you know, I've been reprising some of the shows out of our archives. We have a doo wop show on Sundays. Oh, yeah. Instead, okay. you know, it uh, we used to have a program called West uh, Mystery Train, and uh, our DJ West. Uh, uh, West Texas, you know, he went on to other things, and we had we had those big shoes to fill. That that was uh, actually the only three hour program we had. Ooh. So now, as it turns out, we had this other program, which is also a three hour program, the doo wop show called Backseat Bingo, and uh, and and of course for us old guys and old people, and uh, it's kind of refreshing. And we were sitting reminisce on a Sunday night. What else is there? I to know. Do? I know, I know. Well, how do you get your DJs? I mean, how do well, they... we recruit them. I mean, one of the things I do is I'm always out there, you know, meeting people, shaking mm-hmm. hands, and one of my my stock lines is, "Hey, would you like to be a DJ?" We can make that happen. <laughs> That's what happened. We <laughs> <laughs> met at the farmer's market. We, we met. We uh, Sid and I were at the farmer's market, which happens every Saturday from 9 to, nine to 1. 9 to 1. We have, have a booth great, there. Right. At great farmers and uh, produce. And uh, KZSM has a booth there. Yes. And Sid and I were just kind of strolling by. We had just moved in about a couple of months ago. Six, seven months ago, mm-hmm. and um, we went by your booth and says, oh, let me check this out. And I said, sure. And that's when we met you and everything else is history. Mm-hmm. Now we have two shows, mm-hmm. Sid's and my show. That's right. That's right. But see, that's and like right. I said, you know, I part of my mission is... is to promote the radio station, not just my show, my own show, but mm-hmm. I mean, I also book uh, live uh, acts for uh, Revolving Door, Rob's Revolving Door on Saturday, on Sunday even, uh, afternoons. So I mean, I'm out there looking for people, meeting people, and you know, like I said. I, I carry my, my business cards everywhere I go. So anyone who wants to, who doesn't know about the radio station, I mean, I go to Walmart and talk to the cashiers. Hey, do you know we have a, a radio Missy. station here in San Marcos that's not affiliated with the university? <laughs> and people are amazed. I know. They or, say no. Or really? I'll ask them, what kind of music do you like? And it just so happens we have this show on this night and, you know, so... To just come on down and yeah yeah and like I said I mean right now I'm in the process of recruiting kids teenagers to do a teen show oh that'd be good I've got a daycare provider who's uh, hopefully going to be on board to do a uh, a show for uh, preschoolers oh. and moms because oh that would be you know, good some, some daycare advice and you know, mom advice and that kind of stuff that would be good we have. Uh, 
two ladies who are marriage counselors who are going to be doing a program on Sunday mornings, but they're not so much marriage counseling, but you know how to reintegrate the mind, spirit, and body, which is I mean, I'm really looking forward. And we got a couple of guys doing a uh, love line call in. This is going to be there, and I'm. Is, I got. I got to. I got to see that. Well, see you, that. you can't see them. We're not on TV, but that's we can true. Listen. <laughs> I'll listen to them. I'll oh, listen to I'm, them. I'm looking. They're they're a riot. I've been talking to them. So. Well, and what do you see its future, KZSM? Me personally, I see a full broadcast, uh, full licensed radio station in the future. Good. That's my goal. Good. And That's uh, our goal, too. Yeah, I mean, we're right. going to start, we have to start someplace, and we've, I think we've got a great start already. You know, my, the only problem we have right now is the turnover, because, I mean, people are discovering, you know, doing a radio show is a commitment, a real full-time commitment, because you have to prepare for the show, you have to do your show, you have to edit the show, and on top of that, you got to be part of the radio station, and you got to get out there and promote it, too. Right. I mean, like, just to do this show, which... um pre-recording yes i have to uh get people who want to come on the show mm-hmm. then i have to email them questions mm-hmm. first then we have to set a date mm-hmm. a time so you're producing as well yes. as hosting yes and then, yeah yes now the only difference between this show and then i used to be on uh the, the tv ur tv in um, Asheville, north carolina is that people don't see me all they do is hear my voice so i can come in shorts and uh and no and no shoes and I can record at my house in my kitchen. And yes, you can. We can sit around the table and Sid is pushing the buttons. Whereas in North Carolina, he was the uh, cameraman. He's so he's still <laughs> pushing buttons, and then he also does all the editing and he puts in all the commercials. So I want to give you a thumbs up, Sydney, my husband. Thumbs yeah, up, Sid. Yes, and he tells me when the breaks are, which is soon. Now, okay, we have to take a break. That's what he was trying to tell me, and I was so enthusiastic with what I was saying. So it's time for us to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be hearing more from Gene. So take it away, Sid. Hey, San Martians, read any good books lately? Read any bad books lately? Any books you'll never forget? Any books you want to fling directly into the trash? Whatever you've been reading, or not reading... Join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. Hey, for all you classical music aficionados, KZSM.org has has a classical music program now. Listen to classical music with Alan Sunday nights from 10 p.m. to midnight as I play masterpieces from... Chopin and Bach and Mozart to other uh, classical music favorites uh, here on KZSM.org, San Marcos Community Radio Station. Hi there. I have a question for you. Does music make you tap your toes or does music soothe you? Come join me at KZSM.org at the Celtic Corner every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. and see if the music that I play for you soothes you or makes you tap your toes. See you then. Welcome San Marcos, Texas, and KZSM.org listeners all over the world. This is Metal Mark Live. Every Friday night, 10 p.m. to midnight. Check me out. I'm doing the metal that you love so much. Go to our main page. Check us out. Maybe help us out with a donation. Get involved. 
with KZSM.org, San Marcos, Texas, Community Radio. All right, welcome back. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Ellen B. Show with me, Ellen. I'm your host, and I'm coming to you on KZSM from San Marcos, a true community radio station. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Facebook. I'm here talking with Jean Randell, who is KZSM station manager. And to get back to the topic of the station, how do you get funded? Where do you get your money from? Uh, generous contributions. Ooh. And actually, contributions, every contribution counts. I mean, I, everything is generous because, I mean, people, you know, allow us to do this for, you know, to produce uh, radio programming. Now, fortunately, we just not long ago uh, officially became a 501c3 nonprofit. Okay. So, you know, now we're in the pro- we actually have a couple of grant writers, you know, who have come on board and perfect timing. Uh, of course, we still have to do a little more organization, but uh, we can start writing for grant requesting grants. And I mean, we can uh, we qualify for grants from places like the Arts Commissions, right. Youth Councils. Because, oh, well, you know, like the, uh, I, I did a program over at the public library for teenagers called the DJ One Hundred One. Right. So I mean, these are different places where, where we can approach for grants to fund some of the things that we're doing. Also, the uh, because we have our Kissing Alley concerts. That's right. Uh, actually, it's kind of interesting because the. Uh, Main Street Organization and the Downtown Association provide for the permits to close off the uh, the Kissing Alley. And because of the music, the concerts that we're doing there, they were able to qualify for an arts grant for you know to fund some of the some of the things that they do as well. So oh, that's good. So um, how can people help KZS? Donate. Donate. Okay. And, and where can, should they donate? Well, okay. Now, uh, right. unfortunately, right now we're in the process of changing servers on our website, but there okay. is a donate button through PayPal as well. Okay. So if, uh, if you're interested, you can donate. You can volunteer. You just come by the station. But mm-hmm. I think call Gene first because... Um, People, you know, there might not be someone in the studio to let you in. Now, if you want to come by Mondays from 8 to 10, Sid and I will be there. And we will welcome you with open arms. And actually, there's a schedule posted right by the door, which right. uh, which will indicate, you know, when we have live programming and when it's uh, pre-recorded. Uh, on the schedule, live programs are indicated by uh, programs in bold print. Right. And so if you want to come by and talk to someone, those are the good times. Usually I'm there Mondays starting from like about 1 or 2 till at least 6 because I've got a program from 5. My veterans hours from 5 to 6. I'm there Tuesdays probably from about 11 till about 6 p.m. Wednesdays I'm there in the morning about 9.30 and that time kind of varies. I mean, I'm there a lot. of Saturdays I'm definitely going to be there. Okay. So now you have two shows. You have the Indigenous Freedom Show yes. radio with Uncle Gene. You're called Uncle Gene. Yes. And Maria? Ma- Marisa. Marisa. Okay. And it airs on Saturday from 2 to 3. 2 to 4. Oh, it's 2 it's to 4. It's a 2-hour program. Oh, it's a 2-hour program. Yeah, you must have that? been looking at an old okay. schedule. Okay. Uh, why this kind of show? You want to tell us something about your show? Absolutely. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, when the uh, 
uh, radio station was being put together, they were offering local organizations airtime. Mm-hmm. One of the organizations, which is one that I belong to, is the Indigenous Cultures Institute. The Indigenous Cultures Institute does lots of things, and one of the most thing, notable things that people are aware of is the Sacred Springs Powwow, which is held every year at the Meadow Center. Well, anyway, but... Uh, so, Dr. Garza, who was one of the directors, uh, asked me if I would be interested in doing a radio show. I wasn't sure how to approach this at first, but I realized this was a perfect platform to make people aware of indigenous cultures, not just here in the, in the Americas, but all over the world. Because so, which cultures come underneath that um, Well, the banner. Native American cultures. I mean, okay. you know, in the Americas, of course, you know, there's, well, what been referred to as Indians, you know, in the, <laughs> yeah. in, from Ooh. Canada all the way down to South America and uh, you know but we're all indigenous indigenous basically means you know having roots in from the in the from the land where you live okay you know so our our ancestors were here for matter of fact here in San Marcos the Coahuiltecan uh, tribe uh, their their recorded history goes back 14,000 years and that's just the recorded history and that's here in San Marcos. Here in San Marcos, yes. And uh, now they have actually recently uh, unearthed uh, uh, remains going back twenty five thousand years. Wow. So I mean, so that so like I said, these people are are this band of of of, native, of indigenous people is rooted right here in Central Texas, and there's lots of bands like that. I mean, so the responsibility for me as an elder is to educate the public to make them aware that, you know. We're a lot more than than the the cowboys and Indians that you see in the movies because those are merely caricatures. You know, historically we've we've been misrepresented for as long as people have been writing books and stories. I mean, the the penny novels that were written back in the eighteen hundreds were, for the most part, fabrication. Yeah, yeah, you it's know, been pretty bad. Yeah, and and yeah. like I said, our culture, you know, our culture has has such beauty and you know in history because a lot of people don't realize things like you know it was indigenous people who actually made the first hypodermic needle really yeah first syringes yeah we they were there and there's a lot of other uh things that that we've contributed that, can you tell us more uh that's the one that comes right off the, okay uh, if oh, you well, medically okay uh suppositories now i know that's that's kind of ooh, but you know, kind of <laughs> icky but you know those th- these are viable, icky but necessary they're both viable uh, means of treating diseases and a lot of a lot of medications that we take the commercial preparations from the big pharma actually originate from the plants and herbs and barks and things that we've been using for thousands of years so uh, the indigenous cultures actually and you know everyone thinks well you know there were savages and you know, killing each other and scalping people well you know there's a lot of history that's n- never been said scalping was actually probably not even originated by indigenous people it was probably brought over by the europeans exactly and uh said said interjected the british Right. And and the th- and so like I said, there's a lot of things that are attributed to the indigenous cultures. Yeah, that, they've got a bad rep. And what a lot they, of falsehoods about the indigenous. That's true. And there's people. a lot of things that have just never been discussed, like the right. genocide. Yes. I mean the massacres. Oh. I mean, and I mean, sure, people have heard the tra- about may have heard about the Trail of Tears, but they have no clue what that's all about. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, relocation programs, uh, putting taking children out of indigenous homes. Homes and putting them in residential school programs where they're either got to, caught they diseases, they died, or were forgotten about. That's right. They wiped out their culture. 
Exactly, and that was the whole point. And they did that's it intentionally. Exactly. Right. And so that's, that's, you know, some of the issues we try to address on the program. Also, we're the original environmentalists because we our perspective on the, on Mother Earth is totally different than people who are wanting to drill and frack. And so, yeah, we're, you know. What's that's their perspective? Activists. What's our perspective? Yeah. Mother Earth is a source, not a resource. We all come from Mother Earth, so we're all connected. And we walked lightly upon the earth, you know, trying to leave, you know, as few footprints as possible. And uh, we respect because we're all connected, everything. I mean, uh, and, and some people don't understand. And I guess the best way I can describe it is we're pantheistic. You know, the Great Spirit resides in everything from the rocks to the trees to the ants to the mountains to us, the birds, fish, everything. We're all connected. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. All right, and then you have a second show. Talk about to Doc the Veterans Hour. Yes, Veterans. With, with Doc the Salty Sea Dog. <laughs> I love these titles of these shows. I've got just a plain title, the Ellen B. Show. <laughs> or I say, I'm either, you can call me Ellen or you can call me that girl from Brooklyn because people talk about my accent. So I love to, your accent. You love my way. accent. Well, thank you. Thank you. Other people do too, but they keep well, I've, I've telling had, me I've about it. I've got friends from the Bronx, Brooklyn. I mean, I had a lot of friends from New York. Yeah, I love my accent. So what's this show about? Well, uh, again, it's uh, it's it's information. I about the veterans? Inf- veterans and active duty military people and their families. Because, uh, you know, part of, you know. You, and veterans, issues. What issues the, do they have? Well, suicide Lots prevention. PTSD, uh, pay issues, changes, uh, veterans' health care. You know, these things are right. Do they think it should be uh, privatized? Well, there's a lot of that going on in Congress right now. Privatizing veterans' health care. And, you know, even just the funding of the, the VA to begin with, the shortages of physicians and how difficult the waiting lists have been have, may, have been very notorious uh, in recent news because I mean veterans are actually dying waiting to get in to see to see a doctor. Yeah, I think that's a disgrace, and I think Congress needs to get on the ball. And even uh, in addition to that, and more specifically, women's mm-hmm. access to veterans' health care is is dismal. I mean, there's I mean, fortunately, like here in Austin, the the clinic has a women's clinic, mm-hmm. you know, which is great, and it's addressing a lot of the uh, you know medical issues. But uh, they're still lacking in areas like. Uh, uh, military sexual assault, you know, and that's um, a very, very big issue. It that, is, huh? Yeah, it, you know, so these are the things, you know, that we try to address, you know. They try to scoop it under the rug, you Just know. Just like they did Agent Orange. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, right? Right, but but I also have, sometimes have, you know, guests on the show, like the Veteran Services Officer in mm-hmm. of Hayes County, uh, and he comes in periodically, and we talk about things that are going on for the veteran programs. Uh, I've had uh, a couple of different individuals who one one man is actually uh, a dog trainer who matches veterans like with PTSD and dogs, and right. so they sort of grow to get and train together oh. as service animals. And uh, it's one one of the best programs around, I think. And they're out of San Antonio. So, like I said, I, I try to bring in guests, things that are pertinent, not just to the veterans but to active duty personnel and their families. All right. Sounds like a great show. 
Is it time for a uh, break? Oh, I got two minutes. And if you're interested in watching or listening to the Veterans Program, we're on uh, from 5 to 6 on Monday afternoons. That's right. How'd you get the name for your... Uh... Dr. Salty Sea Dog? Yeah. How'd you get that name? Well, I was a Navy hospital corpsman, and I spent oh. lots of years at sea. Oh. I, I rode ships a lot. Oh, okay. All right. So, um... When we come back, Jean will still be with us. So we're going to take another break, and we will see you in a bit. Experience San Marcos. You should come to the river and jump in or go downtown and take a run around to see all the local merchants. But if you want to feel San Marcos, you need to tune in on Tuesday nights at 9 to 10 p.m. and listen to Downtown Funk with Sammy the Bull playing all the top hits. Top grooves, obscure funk from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So if you want to get your groove on and reminisce, or if you want to feel like it was back in the day, tune in on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Hello, Starshines. This is Chill B. Listen to my radio show, Killzone San Marcos, every Monday at 4.02 p.m. on KZSM.org, your community radio. Later. For the latest in powwow updates and news from around Indian country, tune in to Indigenous Freedom Radio every Saturday from 2 to 4, right here on KZSM.org. Do you love listening to great music? Are you interested in topics that can blow your mind? Do you like having a good time when listening to the radio? If so, then listen to Into the Gray, Friday mornings, 10 till noon. Into the Gray is a public interest radio program we can all enjoy. That's Into the Gray, Friday mornings, 10 a.m. until noon on kzsm.org in San Marcos, Texas. Hi, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to me, Ellen, on the Ellen B. Show. I'm your host, and I'm coming to you on KZSM from San Mark, a true community radio station. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Facebook. And my guest for today is Jean Randell, who is station manager of KZSM. So, want to ask you about some personal, some issues that concern you personally. Well, the environment, definitely. That's a big one. That is a very big one. I mean, I uh, when I was younger, I was a backpacker. So I, used to, if I when I like when I was in the Navy, especially on shore duty, if I needed to get away or just kind of get away from things because I was stressing out, I packed my backpack, put on my boots, and go for, head for the mountains. Being outdoors, being part of nature is very, not just nurturing, but it's a very healthy thing to do. Uh, so I learned to appreciate the environment, even as a kid. I mean, 
it's just the way we were. I mean, we mm-hmm. like I said, I grew up a poor Mexican kid. We didn't go camping. We didn't take vacations. But being outdoors, even going to the park. Now, in San Antonio, we had a, this wonderful park, Breckenridge Park. And you could do all sorts of things there. There were hiking trails. that You could ride horses through the trails. There was also, I mean, it was just phenomenal. Uh, but being outdoors. So the environment has always been important. And besides that, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I actually went to, up to Standing Rock when, when everything was, the pipelines were going to end up there. Right, and, right. And uh, part of my motivation then not just was not just for me, but I wanted to ensure that my grandchildren and great grandchildren uh, are going to have clean water, clean air. I mean, because you know, Chief Seattle said it best: we don't we don't uh, inherit the 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 earth from our ancestors; we borrow it from our children. Right. So the environment has always been a very, very big issue for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, backpacking, I always tried to leave as few footprints as possible. Never leave garbage behind. Always clean up after yourself. Make it look like you've never been there. Right. Like water is a big issue now? Water? In San Marcos? Well, yeah. Well, not just... Well, well, actually, Texas. Here in Central Texas, I mean, we have drought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the water levels are... I mean, the watersheds are are drying up periodically. And and water is becoming a very important uh, issue because there are companies, corporations that are turning it into a commodity. There are corporations that are actually buying up water reserves and water uh, supply areas and basically, well, selling Selling it back. You know, there are, you know, villages who are struggling to, I mean, and not just in in places like Mexico and South America, but there are places here in even the United States even where the water sources are scarce and these major corporations are buying water for pennies on the dollar or next to nothing and turning around bottling it and selling it and i'm not going to mention any names but there are a couple of you know one major corporation in particular that is a parent organization for a lot of the other foods and beverages that people consume but you can look it up google it uncle google's great for that but uh so the environment has always been a, a major issue yeah and then with um so many people moving into san marcos well, and, not and the just, housing, the subdivisions oh are just gosh. going up. Like here, here in San Marcos, yeah, it, you, know, you know, gentrification. Yes, is is another issue, and it's not just here in San Marcos; it's everywhere. Yes, you know, we you have uh, even like in San Antonio, where I grew up, you know, poor neighborhoods where you have uh, elderly people who who own their homes, you know, and you know, as people are dying or moving away, people are buying up properties and building these mini mansions and the property taxes go up and these people who've been there forever in homes that are paid for can no longer afford to live there because of the taxes you know and that's going on i mean you look around it's going on here in san marcos i i, I kind of uh tells people we need to build a wall around san marcos <laughs> but i'm not i'm not i don't advocate building walls <laughs> you don't you don't want to get trump involved in that oh absolutely not absolutely, absolutely. Not. well now we moved from um, brooklyn New York and we went from there to North Carolina and we were like 10 minutes from Asheville Mm -hmm. and we were there for 30 years and we saw Asheville yes you know be gentrified well and here in in San Marcos people were people were really had to move because they couldn't afford and what I see going
going on here in San Marcos. It's between two large metropolitan areas, San Antonio and Austin. Right. And they keep moving towards each other. I, you know, what, what bothers me is the fact that this could turn out to be another Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and other places like that. And it's just, we need to be able to wall around San Marcos. Yes. Now, San Marcos has, has a very unique uh, environment here. I mean, number one, we have the river. And, That's right. And, and the local people here, people who grew up here, just have a whole unique attitude. The atmosphere here in San Marcos is just amazing. I just love it. Yeah, we do too. We were here. We've been here for about a year. And uh, we like San Marcos. Mm-hmm. And we're fine with the way it is. We've got enough restaurants. We've got enough bakeries. Oh, we've got a little bit of everything. We've got a li- we even have a pizza place. Well, actually, I think this might be the second one. There's actually more than there's several. There's pizza several places. pizza places. We'll have to uh, go eat in the different uh, pizza places. But um, the environment and water is a very, very important issue. And you know, and that was the issue up at uh, in North 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 Dakota because right. you know the pipeline. And this is kind of people don't realize this. The, the North Dakota uh, Access Pipeline mm-hmm. was which was supposed to, which unites the tar sands in North Dakota and Canada with uh, pipelines in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was like 4,800 miles of pipeline. The number, I, I get the numbers mixed up. But yeah, lo, you know, the whole thing, that pipeline and originally was routed north of Bismarck. Right. But the people in Bismarck were afraid that, you know, the pipeline could leak and contaminate their water source. So what do they do? Run it south of Bismarck through the... Uh, Lakota Reservation, or just north of the Lakota Reservation. Right. So there was a lot of people who, you know, it started uh, a major movement. People from all over the world were there, you know, and uh, like I said, those, there were a lot of us compelled to be there and be part of it because, like I said, for me, I want to make sure that there's clean water for my, my, my children and grandchildren. And the thing that the people don't realize is uh, running that pipeline under the Missouri River, that Missouri River actually provides water as far, far south as North Texas in the panhandle. You know, so uh, we're looking at like 8 million people affected if uh, that pipeline leaks. And pipelines leak. Yes, no yes. I read, no, right. I read an article about no. all, about how many leaks the pipelines have leaked. And they've leaked a lot. And where they have leaked, and uh, I don't understand and people. And the amount they of, just... of oil that's been... That's right. Been, yeah, with matter of fact, we did a, a, an entire show on, on that. And now there's another pipeline be, just got approved in, in Minnesota, Line 3. It's an Enbridge pipeline. And... Uh, Here's the amazing thing. Nobody wanted that pipeline. The citizens voted against it. The, uh, I mean, everyone was against it. I mean, and but the utilities commission decided we're going to approve it, and they did anyway. See, that's why everybody has to vote in November. Well, the pro- well, yeah, because it was the politicians. And why do these politicians? Yep, we're, we're trying to stand up again. Right. I think. Do we? Are we ready for another break? Oh, not yet. So tell us, how long were you there in uh, I was North actually Dakota? there twice for two short periods of time. The second time, basically, I went up to deliver supplies. We were there, okay. uh, and actually, I took my wife with me because she couldn't believe some of the things we were experiencing up there, like uh, jamming uh, our internet signals, uh, uh, planes and helicopters flying over the over. 24 hours a day, you know, illegally with lights out, uh, facial recognition uh, software being used at checkpoints and by, with helicopters. I mean, at this point, I have no doubt there's a dossier on me somewhere. As a matter of fact, I don't have any. As a matter of fact, my wife was just saying when I, before I got back from there, right. 
that she believed that our phones were being tapped already. And to add to that, of course, being on the radio and being and speaking out about things like that, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm on somebody's watch list. On probably a few. Probably. Well, I remember that Sid and I were just uh, watching all the news. And the problem with, you know? with the news was that the, uh, the the major news media was not there. They weren't reporting anything. Right, right. You had to go to Facebook, to places like uh, uh, Indigenous Media Network and Indigenous Environmental Network. And even today, those are still viable news sources because they're the ones who I get my news feeds uh, from on all these pipelines that are still being constructed. And here's something scary that a lot of people don't realize. If you look at a map of the pipeline, mm-hmm. the hub of all those pipelines is in Oklahoma. Now, think about this. Now, I mean, that's scary enough. Right. I mean, but when you start to realize that because of fracking, Oklahoma is now experiencing earthquakes on an unprecedented level. I mean, they never had earthquakes before. Now they're happening almost on a daily basis someplace or other in Oklahoma. One major earthquake, and that hub is going to bust so wide open and, and contaminate goes. Oklahoma, Texas, and all the surrounding areas. And what is it worth? Somebody's going to get rich over it. That's it. That's it. It's all about money. Exactly. That's it. And I think it's time for a break. Okay, so we're going to break. Welcome back. If you just tuned in, you're listening to The Ellen B. Show with me, Ellen, as your host. You can call me Ellen, or you can call me that girl from Brooklyn. And I'm coming to you on KZSM from San Marcos, a true community radio station. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Facebook. And before I continue talking with my guest, Jean... I'm going to do the disclaimer again because we're going to be talking about immigration and that is a hot, burning topic. It's a mess. Okay. The opinions expressed on this show are those of its host, that's me, and guests, which is Jean, and not of the opinions of KZSM or its governing body, SMTXCRA. Okay, Jean, welcome back. And we're going to talk about immigration. Oh, that, that's a... That's we didn't a want to start. Thing. All right, well, start. Uh, and, and also, I guess, Sid, if you want to, Sid is uh, pushing the buttons, making the show um, actually work while I talk. So if you want to uh, chime in, we'll give you a mic. He says, okay. All right, Gene, go ahead. Okay, well, first... Where are we going to start? Let's let's go back historically speaking. Yes, let's do uh, that. Many many years ago, before colonization, right? Before the influx of Europeans, yes, there were no borders, there were no state lines. You know, we and we still call it Turtle Island. We all lived on Turtle Island. Of course, this is the North American continent. I mean, but even the South American continent, there were no borders. You know. Uh, and I had a friend actually on Facebook tell me, well, there were borders, but not the way we are. No, there were no borders. Okay. I mean, there were territories. Right. And, you know, there are certain, you know, bands and tribes who, you know, no one actually claimed anything because we, we be- we've never believed that we can own the land that we walk on. You know, because it's part of us. So, I mean, right. so uh, the whole point of, of, of uh, immigration, I mean, who are the real immigrants? Not the indigenous people. And we've been here because we've been here longer than anybody else. And, of course, some people will say, well, you have the northern, migra- you know, the migrations from the north across the land bridge. Well, that may very well be. However, when the Europeans got here, 
you know, there are two doctrines that a lot of people, you know, and I, t- I tell people, look up doctrine of discovery right. and the doctrine of terra nullius. Doctrine of discovery were two papal bulls uh, issued by the, by the Pope, uh, I believe Pope, Robert, Pope Gregory was one of them. And that was in the 14th uh, century and there was one in the 15th century. And basically these papal bulls basically told the explorers, these Europeans who were venturing out, discovering the world, that when you discover a new land, if you come across anyone who you've never seen before and they don't convert to Christianity, and this is not that I'm bad, bad-mouthing anyone, but this is history. Right, go ahead. Uh, it's If you don't convert to Christianity, you can do whatever you want with them. You can murder them, rape them, kill them. I mean, take whatever whatever they have and you know you can claim it for you know the king the crown or whatever right. for the church and this I mean, it started with columbus and of course you know a lot of people don't realize that you know columbus and his men were just some of the most awful individuals in the world i mean they were i mean they decimated populations of indigenous people down in haiti and and, and the islands and you know that actually that pattern has continued to this day maybe it's not as obvious but that's what right where racism started the whole idea that one group of individual is more superior than another. I mean, this is what these papal bulls were were, were basically indicating. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, the doctrine of terra nullius basically said if you find the land that is vacant, you know, you have a right to claim it for the crown. Now, Mexico wasn't vacant. Even even here in in the North America, there were mounds at Cahokia. These civilizations were have been here for thousands of years, you know. But it wasn't barren land; it wasn't empty land. But it was claimed anyway. And then, of course, you know, the colonists colonists you know set up colonies in the on the East Coast and slowly moved uh, the westward expansion. Was it uh, manifest destiny? Yeah. You know, displacing indigenous people as they so desired, simply because they wanted what the indigenous people had. And, I mean, there were uh, civilizations. I mean, you look at the Cherokees who started out in North and South Carolina who were displaced and the Trail of Tears, thousands of people died along the, along the route. And now they're spreading, you know, bands of Cherokee in Oklahoma. There's some in uh, Florida. And, uh, you know, they just continued. So historically, you know, like I said, we didn't believe, in, we didn't have borders. You know, territories were open. You know, sure, there, there may have been disputes over hunting rights, but no one ever actually claimed the land that that's a that's a foreign concept to us that's a european concept yeah and uh immigration uh never had a good uh well outcome. and even, and even later i mean yes. the, the italians and the, the indians the and irish, the irish. And, i mean not and, the indians the chinese well the chinese yes and, and the know, irish and, and the jews and, and the whole uh, and the whole idea of of, ta- of ripping families apart at the border which is currently in the news yeah. this is not something new i mean uh native children were being taken out of homes and put in residential school programs right this you know they were doing the same thing to slave children taking them away from their mothers and and they were doing they did the same thing with the chinese the japanese and it doesn't matter this is this is a historical perspective of the united states government this is one way of controlling ethnic groups that's you know? right so that's right immigration like i said it, it it's been a, a serious issue from in Columbus. Right. You know, uh, prior to, to colonization, I mean, we didn't have jails. We didn't have uh, laws. Uh, we didn't have poor people either because uh, culturally, you know, in our tribal societies, if someone was needing something, everyone else provided mm-hmm. you know even today at, at powwows we, we we do giveaways and people ask us what is the, what is the purpose of that and and the way the best way i can describe it is sharing the abundance 
you know, there's a lot of people who had lots of things, but if you, how much do you really need? If you have an excess, you share it. Make sure that everyone else is cared for, and that's and uh, and. That, that's where our, our societies grew and existed, you know, prior to colonization. Yeah. I have a friend who um, grew up uh, near the border here in Texas, and she said that people would come and go all the time from Mexico into uh, Texas and Texans into, Mexica, into Mexico, and uh, the Mexicans would come over, work for the day, and go back home. Well, and some and- of the children would be bussed into go to school right and the thing is there's actually uh, a tribe along the border that the mexican border which was created after their existence you know has actually been split the tohono Odom tribe mm-hmm. you know, and they're right on the border half of it, most of it is on on our side of the of the border and part of it still exists on on the mexican side and uh even when there were walls and and and, and borders created there were still given free access back and forth because it's all tribal land and the and treaties that they're a joke because oh, oh. because I mean uh, a big joke. Well, they are because they, they've never been honored. No, never. You know, uh, places like Mount Rushmore. This was sacred land, and someone got got it in, uh, in their head. Hey, I'm going to build a monument there, and they they tried buying the land from the from the Sioux, and you know that money is still available, but no one wants it. This is, these are sacred areas for us, and. Uh, but colonists, you know, Anglo-Saxon Europeans don't understand a lot of our concepts. I mean, what is sacred to us has absolutely no meaning to them at all. And that was exemplified uh, up in North Dakota when they were putting in the pipelines. They bulldozed through sacred lands, burial sites, just because they wanted you know that land for the pipes, for the pipelines. So in the immigration issue, who's really the immigrant here? You know, we've been here a lot, you know, before anybody else. Who's really the immigrant? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a mess. Yes, it's, it is. It's a mess. And, and, you know, and I've actually had one of my daughters say, Dad, you're sounding kind of racist. And I don't mean to be racist, but, I mean, part of my responsibility is to put, put the truth out there, the history, the, the genuine history, you know, that doesn't get taught in schools. I mean, now, there are college courses now where you can actually study indigenous uh, studies, uh-huh. You know, but high school, you know, yeah. and some of the history books that are, they're trying to, to pass, it's like, I don't believe some of the garbage that I'm seeing in these things. That's statements that's... like like the indigenous people moved away from this land because, you know, in order to give, you know, the colonists uh, room to it's like that's part of the expression. That's crap. And you, you may have to edit that out. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um yeah, and uh, one of my fears is that they're going to edit more and more textbooks. Well, and and, you but, know. and here's something else: the genocide continues we, uh, through a process we call paper genocide. Indigenous people in North America are the only ethnic group in the country that have to prove their ethnicity. We're the only ones who have to abide by blood quantum. <clears throat> now, and w- basically, what's happening is. Uh, people grow and intermarry the the level of blood quantum actually diminishes and eventually will be it will get to a point where no one is a pure blood anymore right and consequently there's no point in even considering treaties because we won't exist so the paper genocide is still a process that continues today well do you have any solutions 
Vote. 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 Actually, and Vote. There, there is hope. I mean, in, uh, in the state of Idaho, in the state of Idaho, Paulette Jordan is an indigenous woman who is on the Democratic ticket for governor. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, she actually won the primary. And, of course, uh, was it the area, was it, uh, precinct, 14th Precinct, New York. We have a young lady who That's is, right. who's a, a, a person of color, Latina. That's right. Who is on the ticket now. She beat out the Democratic incumbent for... That's right. We uh, saw her on uh, Meet the Press. She was she's good. She's amazing. She's Ooh, amazing. I like her. She's spunky and she's only 28 years old. And she just said to uh, Chuck Todd, I'm a socialist Democrat. And he says, well, what is that? And she explained it to him. Well, and... And, and, she, and she wasn't defensive. No. She just spoke out. She's very uh, eloquent. Um, she's alive. You know, she gives well, one hope. And, and what a lot of people don't realize is the Social Democratic Party has been in existence for lots and lots of years. Right. You know, it just haven't. It just hadn't been very big or active. Party. And then, and then the Democratic Party here in San Marcos has really good candidates. Mm-hmm. Really good candidates. So, guys. Well, and the only thing that the, the, by a democratic socialist, what scares people is the word socialist. And there is a difference. And I've actually posted something on that on my Facebook page because there, matter of fact, uh, there was an explanation the difference between a democrat and a democrat socialist and socialism. Right. But um, so we have really good candidates now. So you guys got to come out and vote. Um, We've got a really good uh, woman who was running for governor, Lupe Valdez. Lupe, right. Right. And then Lieutenant Lieutenant Governor is uh, Kala, C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have Beto, who Beto is uh, yeah. running uh, against Ted Cruz. So oh. if you don't like Ted Cruz, you got to vote for Beto. And he's another one. He's outspoken and he is great. Oh, we have to say goodbye. Sid, you're not on your job. You're not up, up on your job. You're supposed to give me a two minute warning. All right, I got right. two minutes. All right, we got Erin Schwerner, 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 Schwerner. She's running for um, state um, out of District 45 state rep. And then we got Stephen Kling. Uh, He's running out of District 21. And then, of course, we have the um, Commissioner's Court. We have Ruben from um, District uh, Precinct 110. Yeah, 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 for a county judge. And we've got uh, Elaine uh, Cordenas. I'm sorry, my pronunciation is off today. She's running for county clerk. And then, of course, we've got Maggie, who's running for um, um, justice uh, of the peace. Commissioner's Court, Richard Cronchy, Commissioner, Precinct 2, Jimmy Allen Hall, Commissioner, Precinct 3, Omar Baca, Commissioner Precinct 4. And you know, there's actually almost 100 different indigenous candidates across the country running for different levels of office. Yeah, so I mean, you, there's no excuse now. You just got to vote. Okay, Gene, can you give us an update on the Dakota Access Pipeline? Well, 
the federal judge that has been ruling on the case finally ruled a few months ago that the permits that were issued authorizing the pipeline were actually illegal. These are the permits that were issued by the Army Corps of Engineers. Now we're waiting to get a, a ruling on whether or not the flow of the oil through the pipeline can actually be stopped because it's been flowing you know, since the beginning a couple of years ago. Okay, thanks. And I think on that, we've got to say goodbye. (gasps) Okay, so I hope you enjoyed my show. I certainly enjoyed talking with you. And I want to thank my guest, Gene Randell, who is the station manager for KZSM, for coming to talk with me and you. I've learned a lot. If you want to find out more about KZSM.org, go to their website. If you would like to help KZSM, we can use volunteers and donations. Go to their website. If you want to sponsor the LB show, email me at ebsept, E-B-S-E-P-T, at juno.com. If you want to see some of my other shows, go to SoundCloud and my Facebook page. And so from my heart to your heart, I want to say be gentle, be kind to yourself and others, but stand tall and love conquers all. Say yes to love. So till next time, have a good day. Bye. This is David, the handsomest boy on radio. Listen every Tuesday night from 10 p.m. till midnight for jazz, fusion, bebop, samba, bossa nova, cool jazz, Latin, and maybe even some reggae and some Afrobeat. That's Tuesday night at 10 p.m. till midnight on kzsm.org, San Marcos, Texas. This is Uncle Gene. Wherever the drums are beating and dancers are on the floor, that's where you'll find me. If you can't join me at a powwow, then tune in to Indigenous Freedom Radio every Saturday afternoon from 2 to 4 p.m. for the latest news, music, information, and powwow updates right here on kzsm.org, your true community radio.